In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Today's gospel lesson's a good one. I like this one, and we're going to set the scene. The scene here is that Jesus has begun to teach and heal and draw attention to himself. And so he has gathered a crowd right there on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And if you've been to the Sea of Galilee, you know it's really a big lake. And there's a lot of rocky shoreline. And so the place where you can actually gather along the shore on such like a beach is quite small. And so Jesus is there and he's teaching the crowd and he's gathered such a big crowd that it's really beginning to push him closer and closer to the water. And so there he is in the morning teaching this crowd and he sees a few boats come up. These fishermen who are coming in from a night of catching fish, kind of. And he sees an opportunity to hop in the boat and teach. And now if you can imagine, it's sort of like a natural amphitheater. If you get on the boat and you go a little bit offshore, speaking over the water amplifies your voice and you can be heard better by the people who are on the shore. And so Jesus gets out on the boat and he continues to teach. And the fishermen, like Simon, are there on the boat hearing him teach. And basically when he's done, he turns to Simon and says, hey, cast your nets off the boat. And Simon, who is a professional fisherman and has been out fishing all night, knows you don't fish in the morning. The fish are gone. And they had failed, basically, to catch any fish all night. And so this was just not the right day to catch fish. And so Simon is polite. Really? We're going to throw the nets over? And Jesus says, yeah, trust me. And he goes, okay. And so he throws the nets over the boat, and the nets fill up so much that the boats are about to sink. And they get super excited and they call their friends and they come rushing over and Jesus hops off the boat back on the shore and Simon runs off the boat and falls to his knees and begs Jesus to go away from him because he is a sinner. Now we can turn the crystal of this story a lot, but today I want us to focus on what is rarely focused on, which is the moment when Simon hops off the boat, falls to his knees, and asks Jesus to go away. Now, what sense does that make? Here he is, a professional fisherman who failed to catch fish all night, and here is Jesus who, I don't know, by magic or miracle, or it doesn't even matter, has helped him fill his nets with fish. Wouldn't you think that a good fisherman would say, hey, you need to fish with me every night, <laughs> right? But no, Simon says, go away from me, get away from me for I am sinful. You know, it's interesting. Here Simon is meeting Jesus and apparently Jesus can do amazing things with fish, which is his job. And yet Simon is somehow aware of something unique and powerful about Jesus. Simon has, unbeknownst to him, come face to face with the presence of God. And he is smart enough to know that when that happens, it could be scary, intimidating. He knows that something has just happened that could change his life forever. And so Simon, like a normal person, says, can you please go away? It's remarkable. How many of us, when we come face to face with God, when we really sense God's presence, when we meet God, we actually tend to respond with, that's very nice. Could you just go away? 
because we have a life. We have our habits. We have our profession. We have the way in which we'd like to live. And Jesus is very inconvenient. Jesus calls us to change, calls us to do new things, and it can be scary. Answering the call is not a given. And yet today we have a story in which Jesus places a call on the lives of fishermen that can actually apply to us too. I've been thinking about call as part of this story, seeing as it is the original call story. And it got me thinking about last week. Last week here in the morning, we celebrated Michael Harmuth, a priest of over 20 years of this church, nearly 60 years as a priest, a remarkable person. And we celebrated his ministry as he finally retired from this place. And it got me thinking about his story and some of you may know, some of you may not, that Michael started off in a different tradition. He was not Episcopalian. He was called as a young person, answered that call in another tradition, was called out of that tradition into the Episcopal Church, moved around a bit, finally anchored himself as a school chaplain at ESD here in Dallas, and as an assistant for more than 20 years here at St. Michael. His story is remarkable, and last week we celebrated him, and I heard people tell me over and over just how fantastic he is, and he is. He deserves every accolade and all the praise. And yet I think behind the words of praise and love and gratitude that I heard last week is sort of this simple idea that he is different, that he is somehow better than most. And he would be the first person to tell you that is not true. We, each one of us, are called. Each one of us are called by God into something better than we would do on our own. We have each been given unique gifts, and we are called all the time to use those gifts however we can, wherever we can, to benefit whomever is around us. And some people respond in a particular way that can appear to be more fantastic than anything the rest of us could do. Except that's just one person's gifts. Every person has other unique gifts. We are all called in special ways. And we see that call has been way before Jesus. In Isaiah today, we see that God called him and equipped him to answer that call. Isaiah says, one of the angels flew to me holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The angel touched my mouth with it and said, now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. And then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. Sounds very similar to last week's reading from Jeremiah, doesn't it? where Jeremiah says, the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, now I have put words in your mouth. Isaiah and Jeremiah, way before Jesus's time, are meeting God, experiencing God. And what is remarkable about the story of call that happens over and over and over in scripture in our tradition is that the call immediately precedes God giving the gift 
to fulfill the call. In other words, God does not call the people who are able to do the work. God calls a person and then enables them to do the work they are called to do. This order is important for us because God gives us purpose. And we could be afraid of that purpose because of the life we live and like. We could also be afraid of that purpose because we are very certain that we are not good enough, do not have the skills enough to do what God is calling us to do. Last week I told you we talk about the way that we actually live this out here at St. Michael. And today I want to plant a seed. We are celebrating our 75th anniversary year this year, a year late. And COVID has, in many ways, just been frustrating and annoying. And one of those ways is that it has held us back from doing some new outreach ministries through this congregation in celebration of our 75th anniversary. And there's just lots of ways in which it has caused problems. But we are still pressing forward with some new ways for us to actually go out in the world and use our gifts to touch lives and to change lives, including our own. There are people working behind the scenes on three different new ministries here through St. Michael, a couple in communities we already know, like Jubilee and St. Phillips, and a new ministry area in Bachman Lake, just in our backyard. These ministries are being developed to allow all of us to actually go out of our comfort zone, to meet new people, to share in God's work, and to grow ourselves. These opportunities are coming, and they are opportunities for us to actually answer God's call in a specific way. Knowing our purpose is sometimes a challenge, and yet we're called to discern and discover with confidence and with courage. We have examples of people who have come before us, Jeremiah and Isaiah, Jesus calling the disciples and people like Michael Harmuth who have shown us that responding to God can give a life filled with purpose. And yet, here in these pews, right here around you, we have people who have responded to God's purpose in their unique ways to use their gifts in profound ways that help change the course of life for all of us. How is God calling you? Are you a bit too comfortable? Are you enjoying your life and anchored to your habits a bit too much? If you were to meet God face to face right now, might you respond by falling to your knees and saying, please just go away? God calls each one of us and we have the opportunity to say yes or no. Meeting Jesus can be scary, but we hear over and over and over again in Scripture, do not be afraid. God does not call people who are able to do the work, but God calls people, and then when we say yes, equips us to do whatever God sends us to do. Jesus is calling you. I think it's time to say yes. 
here I am. Send me. Amen.